You are listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge Podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. Hey, guess what? 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 It's our birthday! Yes! <laughs> yeah, it is. We're three-nagers, We bro. are three-nagers. That is Terrific very threes right here. We made it through our terrible twos, you guys. Yes. <laughs> Although, to be fair, they were pretty fantastic twos, if I can be. Yeah, yeah I think so. Relatively honest mm-hmm. with you all. I would agree. So... It is indeed our three-year anniversary for the podcast. I know. It's really only three. It feels longer than that. I'm COVID be years. It was COVID years. Okay. They were like each year was 10 years long. long. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. One yeah. COVID year is okay. like five real years. Uh-huh. Yeah. Earth years. So we've been yeah. doing this for ages, really. Right. Yeah. But it's been three years. 13. For, <laughs> for the podcast and the Facebook group. We launched, I was trying to look on Facebook to get like an actual launch date of the Facebook group and I could not find it like easily. It was September something. It was like either late August or early September. Maybe hmm. Rachel can work okay. some magic and figure That's out when we did it. That's all I got. Late-ish, early-ish. Yeah, it was around this time-ish. However, our first podcast episode dropped on September 20th of 2019. So. Okay. Three year anniversary, and then like mm-hmm. what four months later, we were recording from home for a year and a half. Oh my so. gosh, that was wild! <laughs> that was a little crazy. So, before we get into the shenanigans that will be happening today on this episode, <laughs> I wanted to just give you a few stats since we're celebrating today. The group, Facebook group now, which if you're not in it, you should totally join it because it's hilarious, now has 16,561 members as of recording today on September 16th. So it has grown immensely in the last three years, which is great. That's incredible. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) it is. (laughs) And I only have podcast download data from April 2020 because why not also switch our podcast server in the middle of pandemic, which is what we did at KFUO Radio. Yeah, why why not? not? Why Uh, not? There's a whole story there, but we switched. And so I only have podcast data from April 2020. However, since then, the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast is the fourth most popular podcast after Thy Strong Word, Sharper Iron, and Coffee Hour. So basically, it's like Bible studies and us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Which is how it should be, honestly. Like, that seems fine. I always leave Bible study and go to coffee hour and then hang out in the Lutheran Ladies Lounge. Exactly. It's just the natural (laughs) progression. Yes, exactly. Hand in hand. Hand in hand. So since April of 2020, we have had 160,473 downloads of our podcast and 46,945 downloaders. So those are like the people doing the downloads. Wow. Thanks, Those are just some stats for you. Right? Big Mm -hmm. thanks. Yes. And I also looked up our top five episodes because why not? (laughs) So also since April 2020... Our number one most downloaded episode was our conversation with creative with Katie Shurman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why not, though? Right. Exactly. So that was number one. Number two was our episode. Remember when we talked about alcohol? Oh, that was number- yeah. <laughs> yeah. we did wow. that. I forgot. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. Weird. Uh-huh. I know. Yeah, that was number two. Number three was our one question interview with Elizabeth Entman on miscarriage oh, and pregnancy. That was a good one. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I have been referencing that one recently for a, a friend of mine. So that was a very hard, mm-hmm. but also very good conversation. And very necessary. Yeah. And yeah. very necessary. Yes. Yes. Number four most downloaded was him sing on Reformation era communion hymns. Yes. You Lutherans. Oh, 
Y'all are some Lutherans. <laughs> and then number five was Iron Ladle Challenge on Coffee Hour. Quite appropriate. Oh, yeah. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Practical so are and our, delicious. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. So that's that's just a little bit of a look back of our history for the last three years. Nice. Now getting the um, official business out of the way. Right. <laughs> Time for the you guys have a treat today. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Oh. oh. <laughs> I cannot wait for the rest of this episode. Rachel, I think this was your brainchild. Yeah. So tell us what we're doing today. Okay. Before we do that, we just have to take a moment, pause, and look back at our previous anniversaries because Ooh. we like to celebrate our anniversary. We have that kind of healthy relationship that makes us rejoice every time this comes around. Mm-hmm. But we always like to have fun with it. Like we can't do an mm-hmm. ordinary anniversary and it always has to be something different. So our first year anniversary, we did a trivia challenge on mm. our own podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Meta. <laughs> and wow. we also did, remember the one year anniversary shoebox extravaganza? Yes. Where yes. we each had to pick an Sorry. item that would fit that in a really shoebox that exemplified a Lutheran ladyhood. Yes. That See, was, that's yeah. where our two-pack giveaways came from, which yes! we now bring to everything. Uh, so mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you, like me, have enjoyed having a Lutheran Ladies Lounge branded pocket pack of tissues, you can thank yes. that episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our two-year anniversary, we celebrated great moments in Lutheran Lady history, uh, yeah. including Phyllis Wallace's Woman to Woman, The Crockpot, <gasps> Louise Ellerman, and hymn writer Lena Sandell. And for once, I got to do the hymn writer. That was super fun. You did. Today, though, we wanted to do something different <laughs> and also fun. <laughs> and we've covered a whole lot of aspects of Lutheran culture and community in this podcast so far. But somehow we haven't run out yet. Like, I, that <laughs> blows my mind that we're like we might three years those, in and we're us. still coming up with, with things to celebrate. <laughs> Um, and huh. one that we have never celebrated before, but is so worthy of it. Long overdue. Long overdue is Archbooks. Yes. Concordia Publishing House's long running series of inexpensive paperback picture book Bible stories for children. Now, yes. Sarah, I'm just going to put a bug in your ear right now and say we need to have a full story time episode on this. Mm. At some point, but that day is not today because Mm -hmm. today is our anniversary and today is about fun. (laughs) However, first a little background (laughs) in case you are one of the three Lutherans breathing out there who has never encountered an Archbook (laughs) from CPH's website. Archbooks have brought Bible stories to life for millions of children worldwide since 1965. Perfect Mm. bedtime reading for children ages five to nine. Archbooks have long been trusted to teach important Bible stories with language and artwork that speak to preschoolers and beginning readers. And I can remember Archbooks from my own childhood. I think my one of my favorites was The Boy Who Gave His Lunch Away. And then there was one about Christmas, something about Bethlehem. Can't remember, but it was from the from the perspective of, I think, the innkeeper's son. I don't know. It's one of the Bethlehem kids. Anyway, it was wonderful. Do you guys have a favorite arch book before we launch in to what we're actually doing here? I feel like there was a Noah's Ark one that I grew up with. Mm. Maybe. I just just know of them and what they are. 
the ones that I honestly, I don't remember the one, I don't remember specific ones from my childhood. However, during my time um, serving as a missionary in Japan, I did enjoy using the eat, like learn to read ones oh. that came out. They're in similar vein. They're again, illustrated. They're even more simple though, intended to be easy reader ones and so mm -hmm. i would use those sometimes in classes and there was one i believe something like drip drop splash mm. um, it was fun but there were a whole series of them that were again so charming fun. little stories with you needed to be able to read only 12 or 15 words and you could right. actually read mm. the story yourself so it was motivating for kids to be able to i can do it myself yeah yes. yeah I honestly can't remember any favorites off the top of my well, head, but I absolutely know these were part of my childhood and Sunday school and you time in the nursery and like everything. I remember less about the books themselves and more about what they smelled like. Is that weird? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> they had a funk on them. Well, hmm. and that's that's the thing about arch books <laughs> is that they do all run together because there are so many of them. That so they are, you can get stacks of them. I mean, hundreds of titles mm -hmm. have come out oh, since 1965. Cute. And they cover nearly every story in the Bible that is mm -hmm. appropriate for preschool eyes. More on that in a minute. <laughs> they have bold, colorful pictures. I don't think any of them have ever won a Caldecott, you know, for picture book illustration. But they are definitely eye-grabbing illustrations. Mm -hmm. And they have this rhyming poetic text in ballad stanza, for those of you English nerds out there, that every book is written in, just pretty much every book is written in the same format. So if you've read one, you've read them all, except for different stories. And that's a great thing, I think, mm -hmm. because they have this sort of comfort food familiarity about them. Mm -hmm. that can be very assuring to kids that they know, okay, I really liked the arch book on Esther. Here's one on Mary and Martha. And it's going to be basically the same thing. You know, just how kids can eat macaroni and cheese every day of the week and not get tired of it. Mm -hmm. They can read yeah. arch books every day of the week and not get tired of them really. So mm -hmm. they're, they've been a real gift to the church. Yeah. There's your serious part. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to have some fun. Because yes. arch books, as much as we love them, they do have a formula and formulas can be appropriated. <laughs> <laughs> and for our anniversary party today, we decided to write our own arch books. Only because arch books have covered just about every Bible story under the sun already, we had to dig deep. Had to dig deep <laughs> to find some stories that we were pretty sure have never been covered by arch books before. And even so, I mean, I've scoured the whole CPH website trying to prove for sure. I, mm -hmm. it, this, this series is so established. None of us can be 100% proof positive that arch books has not done a story on the specific Bible passages that we decided to write arch yeah. books on. So that said, we tried our best to find stories that have not been done yet. And or at least new angles, because I definitely, I'm sure, I'm certain that at least one of my stories has been covered, but not, I feel, from the angle that I'm taking. <laughs> oh, yeah, boy. so yeah. I cannot wait. Okay. Yeah. Well, shall we get into, into it? Let's Yes. Okay. Yes. We decided before we started recording that we would go in reverse canonical order. So these are yes. in no 
specific order, except to say we're going to start with the New Testament and work our way back, not quite to Genesis. We're going to Judges, right? <laughs> yep. Very appropriate place <laughs> right. to end. Okay. I mean, the Genesis we stories have all been her. done, let's face it. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. So I get to go first because I'm the only one who chose a New Testament text. My text is from (laughs) what? Erin said not totally true. I I do cover the New Testament. Erin? So, but not fully. Okay. All right. You you sort of. of Mine is not. You're bridging the Testaments. Yeah. Yes. I mean, in many ways, especially with the one I chose. I'm I'm really, really excited to hear yours, by the way, (laughs) Erin. I have no idea where you're going with this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I get to go first. Here we go. Oh, I get to get this over with. (laughs) So the text that I chose, uh, my family's reading Acts right now, again, for our evening devotions. And we really enjoyed the account in Acts chapter 20 at the end of Paul's visit to the city of Troas. Beginning at verse 7, on the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day, and he prolonged his speech until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where we were gathered, and a young man named Eutychus, sitting at the window, sank into a deep sleep as Paul talked still longer. And being overcome (laughs) by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down and bent over him, and taking him in his arms, said, Do not be alarmed, for his life is in him. And when Paul had gone up and had broken bread and eaten, he conversed with them a long while until daybreak, and so departed. And they took the youth away alive and were not a little comforted. So that's mm. the text I chose. And uh, so here is my archbook text entitled Eutychus and the Really Long Sermon. <laughs> yes. The whole church at Troas rejoiced at the news. St. Paul was coming to stay. The apostle would bring them the truth of God's word and meet with them on the Lord's day. They gathered together Jews, Romans, and Greeks, masters and freedmen and slaves, bound by the love that the Spirit poured out and the good news that Jesus Christ saves. The lamps were all lit in the packed upper room. The air of the evening was chill, as Eutychus tiptoed his way through the crowd and sat on the broad window sill. He'd had a long day, no rest for the weary, but nothing would keep him from church. The young man felt eager despite his fatigue as he surveyed the room from his perch. Nice (sighs) job. Thanks. Yeah, that's a good rhyme right there. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> the apostle rose and the people leaned forward. They wanted to catch every word. He started to speak the full truth of God's promise, the greatest news they'd ever heard. Paul had only one night with these saints of the Lord. There was so much he wanted to share. He preached on for hours till nearly midnight, but his hearers did not mind or care. Paul preached on and on. And on, and still on, (laughs) while Eutychus started to doze. His poor, tired body ached for his bed. His eyelids were longing to close. (sighs) A shriek pierced the night, interrupting the sermon. (laughs) Loud wails filled the room up with sound, for Eutychus, fast asleep there on the window, had fallen three floors to the ground. Oh, Oh, my He's dead, someone shouted in dread and dismay as men raced down calling his name. Their sad, shaking heads gave no reason for hope. Life had fled from that poor, broken frame. A hush filled the room when they brought in the body, unbreathing and terribly ashen. 
Then Paul left his seat and knelt down on the floor, his face all aglow with compassion. Paul's eyes were like fire, his voice clear and bold as cradling the head in his arms. He told them all plainly, this man's life is in him. Beloved, do not be alarmed. In the silence, a gasp, the dead man inhaled, the color returned to his face. He opened his eyes, yawned, and stretched out his limbs. Not one of them looked out of place. Where am I? He stammered. Did I fall asleep? (laughs) The crowd laughed at dear Eutychus. Is it time for communion? The baffled man asked. What's going on? What did I miss? (laughs) The rest of the night passed with gladness and joy as they sang hymns and prayed and broke bread. Now Eutychus sat in the very front row. No one wanted him out on the edge. (laughs) The crowd left at daybreak, their service adjourned, all blessing the Lord for St. Paul, and comforted deeply by this precious truth, the Lord of life will raise us all. Well done. That was so... Oh, well done. I think we should submit that for publication, honestly. I'm really not sure I want to have that conversation, but thank you for your vote of confidence. I'll have it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was so good. That was really Mm. great. I've read a few arch books in my day. No kidding. I'm going to go now. I I I got to pee. I'm going to go. I'll be back. You can't go because... No, it's fine. (laughs) We finally get to hear Aaron's. And I really want to hear Aaron's. I will say, yes, that was lovely. I I wanted to do the prophets. I was going to do Elisha. Mm, That's a good story. Uh, But a lot lot of Elisha's story has already been told. That was my challenge. Mm. And so I had trouble stringing together a full storyline and so i decided on more of i'm going to call it an an anthology approach mm-hmm. so rather than one prophet i give you four uh-huh. tied together with a theme Ooh, an Aaron yes. anthology. Yes. i love it do you have and a title for this no so that will be part of your challenge uh-huh. <laughs> is to give us a, make a title for this all right we're um, on it it will become clear immediately that <laughs> mine is not as well it's a, it's a, it's in a different vein mm. than, than Rachel's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I feel, I think I feel that I think we're slowly okay, uh, verging so. away from the uh, proper story. we go. <laughs> judges they know this already like that's where we're that's ending first- up <laughs> <laughs> yes. sorry so the first story is Isaiah oh, okay yes, I love him Isaiah was called to speak hope and judgment. Return to the Lord, leave your sins and repent. But Israel trusted in Egypt and Cush. These allies will save us when shove comes to push. God said, here's a sign that they'll try to exclude. Go strip off your clothes and walk around nude. This is what's coming for Egypt and Cush, exposed and ashamed, just like your bear tush. It wasn't all nakedness, shame, sin, and hell. He promised a savior king, Emmanuel. 
shaving, save, taking our <laughs> sins so that we would be healed. The suffering servant meant grace was revealed. Oh. But Isaiah's warnings brought down the king's wrath. Tradition says Isaiah died sawed in half. Speaking God's truth to kings carries a price. But prophets are called to be truthful, not nice. <gasps> I love that. Part that one. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Next, we have John the Baptist. Oh, boy. The New Testament. But he sort of bridges the Testaments, really. It's right? true. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. King Herod was lecherous, ruled by his pride. He took what he wanted, God's word he denied. It even included his own brother's wife. He took her to bed, breeding up strife. His counselors all feared to tell him what's right, loving their influence, power, and might. But John the baptizer refused to pretend. Adultery is wrong. Repent of your sin. King Herod was shamed, so he threw John in prison. But something inside him made him want to listen. His lover Herodias started to scheme. She wanted John out of the house of her dreams. Exploiting the lust of the king for her daughter, she lewdly ensured the baptizer's slaughter. John stood by God's word. He'd not compromise, for prophets are called to be truthful, not nice. I got your <sighs> thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's next? Okay. Next up, we have Jonah. Oh. <gasps> Repent and return to the Lord or you're dead. Nineveh must hear from you, the Lord said. But Jonah would rather be drowned or consumed than possibly help prevent Nineveh's doom. Propelled by fish vomit, at last he set off, (laughs) hoping the Ninevites would only scoff. He said 40 days to repent and return, then went to a hillside to see if they'd burn. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what happened! (laughs) (laughs) in sackcloth and ashes the people repented god saw their hearts and from doom he relented meanwhile on the hill a vine started to rise a lesson for jonah taught from its demise plants are not valued as much as a soul god loves to forgive and show mercy to all Bitter and petty, still Jonah sufficed, for prophets are called to be truthful, not Not nice. nice. Yes. (laughs) I love this. I love this whole thing. (laughs) Okay, finally, we have Elisha. Oh, yeah. Love him. His first day as prophet, he'd boiled up meat. 24 oxen lay dead at his feet. And saying farewell to his mom and his dad, he followed Elijah, come good or come bad. Elijah came first and was second to none. But our man Elisha was double the fun. Mm. (laughs) From blinding an army to floating axe head, Elisha did wonders, even raising the dead. Mm. He wept as he prophesied evil to come, regicide leading to constant war drums, Elisha anointed a death-dealing king, killing Bill's prophets and Ahab's offspring. Mm. (laughs) Forty-two boys mocked Elisha and called, God's prophet is nothing, he's just old and bald. (laughs) (laughs) Two bears mauled and ate them and didn't think twice, for prophets are called to to be be truthful, truthful, not not nice. nice. (laughs) (laughs) Great! 
terms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, <clears throat> title What's has to be truthful, not yeah. nice. However, truthful, yeah. not nice yeah. anthology. I think also yeah. worst job ever would be uh, <laughs> appropriate. That would be appropriate. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. So good. It's my turn now, mm-hmm. I suppose. Mm. This was challenging for me because a lot of the stories that I really like in scripture don't have like a weird twist to them mm. or it's like yeah. when all the people rose from the dead after Jesus rose or uh, Ezekiel and the dry bones. Like those are my favorite stories. But I wanted to do something a little bit more obscure mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. and something I don't even remember learning about before. So my story is on Ezekiel chapter four, the entire chapter. Would you like me to read you the chapter before I read you the, my story? Or do you want to just hear the story straight you out? Know, let's hear Let's hear the chapter. If you hadn't heard it, maybe oh, yeah. other people haven't heard Spirit. it either. I had to pull out my Lutheran study Bible to uh, really get the full picture of this because Ezekiel is is one of these prophetic books that's a little hard to understand. Mm, and and there's a just little, a lot of stuff that mm, happens in it. Son of man. And it's just kind of sometimes kind of weird stuff. And you don't mm. always, it's just kind of hard to understand. Almost, almost Pretty much the whole book. Weird. 97% of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ezekiel chapter four, near the beginning of the book, it's the siege of Jerusalem being predicted. Now, you son of man, get yourself a brick, place it before you, and inscribe a city on it, Jerusalem. Then lay siege against it, build a siege wall, raise up a ramp, pitch camps, and place battering rams against it all around. Then get yourself an iron plate and set it up as an iron wall between you and the city and set your face toward it so that it is under siege and besiege it. This is a sign to the house of Israel. As for you, lie down on your left side and lay the iniquity of the house of Israel on it. You shall bear their iniquity for the number of days that you lie on it. For I have assigned you a number of days corresponding to the years of their iniquity, 390 days. Thus you shall bear the iniquity of the house of Israel. When you have completed these, you shall lie down a second time, but on your right side and bear the iniquity of the house of Judah. I have assigned Mm. it to you for 40 days, a day for each year. Then you shall set your face toward the siege of Jerusalem with your arm bared and prophesy against it. Now behold, I will put ropes on you so that you cannot turn from one side to the other until you have completed the days of your siege. Rough life as a prophet. Mm. Right. (laughs) But as for you, take wheat, barley, beans, lentils, millet, and spelt. Put them in one vessel and make them into bread for yourself. My husband pointed out after he read my poem story that he's like oh this is where ezekiel bread comes from mm. absolutely oh is. yeah there I it mean, is yep. it's actually printed on the package so i just yeah. never eat it so yeah. i didn't know but he was like mm-hmm. light bulb moment so mm. there you go you shall eat it according to the number of the days that you lie on your side 390 days mm. that's over a year guys that's over mm-hmm. a year. Your food which you eat shall be 20 shekels a day by weight. You shall eat it from time to time. The water you drink shall be a sixth part of a hin by measure. You shall drink it from time to time. You shall eat it as a barley cake, having baked it in their sight over human dung. Mm. Then the Lord said, Thus will the sons of Israel eat their bread unclean among the nations where I will banish them. But I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I have never been defiled. For from my youth until now, I have never eaten what died of itself or was torn by beasts, nor has any unclean meat ever entered my mouth. Then he said to me, See, I will give you cow's dung in place of human dung over which you will prepare your bread. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, behold, I am going to break the staff of bread in Jerusalem, and they will eat bread by weight and with anxiety and drink water by measure and in horror, because bread and water will be scarce and they will be appalled with one another and waste away in their iniquity. Hmm. So this is all about the siege and exile of Jerusalem 
know, kind of yeah. really downer story. Mm. It is. Mm-hmm. I just love that Ezekiel was totally good with it until the end. Right, I know. He's like, Everything was fine. I'll lay on my side. Okay. 390 days. Long time, but okay. Eat this bread. Okay. And then at the end, he's like, ah, oh, no! Not that! Uh-huh. Okay. Anything but that. Anything Which, that. to be fair, yeah, I, I would have probably said the same thing. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Talk about human poop versus yes. cow poop. Yes. Just making sure we're being abundantly clear about this. Abundantly yeah. clear. Okay. Over under on the amount of times I say poo in my poem. Here we, we go. You know what? We expect nothing less from you. <laughs> All right. So this is Ezekiel and the bad news for Jerusalem. <laughs> okay. Love it. Yep. Already. Ezekiel prophesied from God and spoke the truth from him. When Israel turned their backs on God in teeming lives of sin, Jerusalem is going to fall, prophet told God's people. He prophesied about the siege. It ended up fecal. (laughs) (laughs) That was the point. I knew this was a winner. (laughs) At first, he sketched the city on a brick to show the siege, and then he laid on his left side with no thought of prestige. The punishment for Israel, 390 days, and then flipped over on the right for for, for Judy, for Judah, 40 days. <laughs> the, Lord, the Lord would place some cords on him so he would stay in place. God showed his judgment and his will, though in the end has grace. But what to eat while lying still? It'd have to be some bread made from assorted grains and beans to show the people's dread. Hmm. His rations of his food and drink while lying on his sides would be so very minuscule, it'd be in short supply. He'd have to cook on human poop, for when they ate in exile, they'd have no choice. Their unclean food could not become projectile. But then Ezekiel cried to God, I've not defiled myself. Don't make me cook on human poop, but cow poop from the shelf. Then God relented to his cry. Ezekiel was quite glad, although this icky prophecy was making him quite sad. The point that God was trying to make was still a valid one. Jerusalem would be besieged. The opposite of fun. Hmm. We know the story's end foretold by prophets great and small that God would save his people from the sin that tends to sprawl. As God was always faithful to his wandering girls and boys, his steadfast love to us in Christ brings us eternal joys. Well done. May I just say that before this little exercise, I used to read Arch books sometimes and think to myself uh, the same way one does when looking at a Jackson Pollock painting. (laughs) 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 I could do that. It looks so easy. It is uh, not easy. Hats off to all the authors of Arch Books who are generally unknown, but if you if you scroll through the website, it's a sort of who's who of Lutheran authors. I saw Lisa Clark, who we've had on the show, Jonathan yep. Scotty, Julie mm-hmm. Stigmeyer's done one or two, Stephanie Hovland, and then yeah. lots of other people too. So hats off to all you people. What you do is not easy mm. <laughs> self and shelf actually i really liked siege and prestige i was like ah right. 10 points to sarah for that rhyme 
Yeah. Mm, uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to thank the uh, Rhyming Dictionary online. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. 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 Synonyms for like, yeah. poop. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That useful. fecal one was great. That though. is that. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was not yeah. expecting that. I'm framing that, that verse. Was, that was gold in my bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> okay. okay. Sweet. One more break. Here we go. Bring us out clean up. Dang. Yep. You guys set the bar so high. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so when I knew that we were going to do this episode on like banned arch books, <laughs> I knew. <laughs> I knew the obvious choice. This has been one of my favorite Bible stories, actually, since like the fifth grade, mm. yes. which should tell you all you need to know about me <laughs> in general. But I want to read to you out of Judges chapter four, the story that my art book was based off of. Yes. So this is from Judges four. And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. Not surprising. And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harasheth Hagoyim. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help. For he, Sisera, had 900 chariots of iron, and he oppressed the people of Israel cruelly for 20 years. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at the time. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the people of Israel came up to her for judgment. She sent and summoned Barak, the son of Abinoam, from Kadesh Naphtali and said to him, Has not the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded you? Go gather your men at Mount Tabor, taking 10,000 from the people of Naphtali and the people of Zebulun. And I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to meet you by the river Kishon with his chariots and his troops, and I will give them into your hand. Barak said to her, if you will go with me, I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the road on which you are going will not lead to your glory, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Mm. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh, and Barak called out Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh. And 10,000 men went up at his heels, and Deborah went up with him. Now Heber the Kenite had separated from the Kenites, the descendants of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, and had pitched his tent as far away as the oak and Zeanianim, which is near Kadesh. Wait, Zeanianim, whatever. When Sisera Sisera was told that Barak, the son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Sisera called out all his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, and all the men who were with him from Harosheth-Hagoyim to the river Kishon. And Deborah said to Barak, up, for this is the day in which the Lord has given Sisera into your hand. Does not the Lord go out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. And the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army before Barak by the edge of the sword. And Sisera got down from his chariot and fled away on foot. And Barak pursued the chariots and the army to Harasheth Hagoyim, and all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. Hmm. 
But Sisera fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, for there was peace between Jabin the king of Hazor and the house of Heber the Kenite. And Jael came out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me. Do not be afraid. So he turned aside to her into the tent, and she covered him with a rug. And he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened a skin of milk and gave him a drink and covered him. And he said to her, Stand at the opening of the tent, and if any man comes and asks you, Is anyone here? Say no. But Jael the wife of Heber took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand. Then she went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple until it went down into the ground while he was lying fast asleep mm. from weariness. So he died. He so died. He, he, di he died. So that being said, I would like to present this original composition <laughs> title TBD. But right now I have Deborah and Barack, Jael and Sisera. Okay. It's pretty original. Mm-hmm. Deborah was a judge who chilled under a palm tree. Barack, she had to nudge because he was a wussy. <laughs> Barack was called to fight, for Israel was oppressed. By mean King Jabin's might, God's people were distressed. But Barack refused to go without the prophetess beside him. He said, I'm scared, you know. The outcome's looking grim. Deborah sighed and said, fine, I'll go, but your victory will be robbed. I guess it goes to show a man can't do this job. Oh. Killing Sisera was the job, King Jabin's skilled commander. Barak and Deborah summoned a mob and went up to the Mount of Tabor. When Sisera heard Barak was near, he mustered up his troops. But the Lord is faithful, it is clear, for he slaughtered the enemy's group. But Sisera did escape, as Deborah had proclaimed, though he was in frightened shape and his face was full of shame. Mm -hmm. So Sisera fled to a Kenite tent because Heber was his friend. Jael, Heber's wife, saw the fleer was spent and beseeched him to come in. Do not fear, Jael pleaded, nor be afraid, come in. For Sisera she made a bed to warm up and hide in. Mm. Give me water, Sisera pled as he laid upon the floor. While I do have water, Jael said, I can surely do you one more. <laughs> surely. <laughs> From her skin of milk, he drank, rich and creamy to the taste, <laughs> and onto the bed, worn out Sisera sank. She then covered him in haste. As Sisera drifted off uh -huh. to sleep, he commanded Jael, keep watch for any man who came to creep would squish him like a squash. <laughs> but Jael, she did not clamor. No, very quietly instead. She took a peg and hammer <laughs> and shish kebab Sisera's head. Sometimes we don't expect the way God preserves his peeps how their bodies he protects, how their beloved souls he keeps. Mm -hmm. So next time you pitch a tent for <laughs> camping or whatever, remember how the father sent his son to grant us life forever. <laughs> 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 so 
Thank you. Well done. I would just like to point out that while I only put rhymes on the ends of lines two and four, Brianne did a one and three, two and four rhyme scheme that is mightily impressive. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. That was amazing. Appreciate (laughs) it. Above and beyond. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I try. I was excited to make shish kebab into a verb also. (laughs) Yes. As you should be. That's happening now. That was the best. Yeah. So I talked with Elizabeth Pittman about these arch books at CPH. And she said, hey, you should set these to hymn tunes because that's something that we do for funsies also. So we're totally doing this on the fly. All of us forgot about it. (laughs) We're doing this on the fly, picking out a hymn tune that fits with our arch book. So, Aaron, since we're just coming to you first for this. Mm-hmm. Do, you wanna, one, do you want to do mean, Away in a Manger? Yeah, I mean, I. but which of my verses should I do? Oh. Okay, I give you verse two of Isaiah. You ready for me to just do Yes, it? Okay. go for it. God said, here's a sign that they'll try to exclude. Go strip off your clothes and walk around new. This is what's coming for Egypt and Cush. Exposed and ashamed, just like your bare tush. <laughs> I'm in love with that. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, you and I are both common meter. Mm-hmm. Brie, what did you say you were? Mine is like a weird mix of like five, six, sevens, and eights. Oh, okay. Yours would be called, I believe, either peculiar or <laughs> irregular. <laughs> All right, I got mine, and I know my my tune is public domain. Okay. Good. Oh, I got to find the right verse, though. I know, that's part of it. Paul preached on and on and on and still on. While you took a started to doze, his poor tired body ached for his bed. His eyelids were longing to close. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. All right. I have mine. And then we'll find one for you, Bray. When okay. I'm when I'm teaching teaching students to write in ballad stands, I always have them sing their tunes either to Amazing Grace or the theme mm. from Gilligan's Island, which also ah, works very well. Mm. All right. But then Ezekiel cried to God, I've not defiled myself. Don't make me cook on human poop, but cow poop from, from the shelf. Nice. <laughs> nice. I love it. Choice. <laughs> from the shelf. <laughs> All right. Okay, what sort of meters are yours? It's like fives and sixes and sevens. Is there any kind of pattern? Pick a verse yeah, that you want to do and okay. then say what the meter is. And if you is. can't okay. find the meter, you can always just put it to a psalm tone. That's true. Ooh. You can chant it. But okay. there's a lot of random meters, so. You know, Brie, it could be hilarious if you just pick a hymn that you know and make your poem fit. In fact, I'm just going to suggest Ode to Joy. Oh. Ode right. to Jail. Ode to Jail! <laughs> I love it. Let's do Ode to Jail. I think I could make that work. I, I'm very, very excited. 
But Jael, she did not clamor, no, very quietly. Instead, she took a peg and a hammer and shish kebab Sisra's head. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <Here we go. laughs> that was amazing. I love it. Mm. Thanks, everyone. That was for you, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> This is great, guys. This was a ton of fun. It was. Creative excellence. It is. Mm -hmm. That's us all day long. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No. Also, I'd like to repeat my kudos to all the actual art book writers out there because it's (laughs) harder than it looks. (laughs) It's so much harder. It took a lot of uh, subconscious cooking yeah. in mm. the brain yeah. for several yeah. days weeks i was driving home yesterday i had like have my phone in memo mode i'm like <laughs> king herod was lecherous it's <laughs> <laughs> a nice feel okay what can we do with that <laughs> do you have those memos still no dang it <laughs> i think a special award does go to aaron for rhyming oh. kush and tush because yes! that, was, that was perhaps yeah. my favorite rhyme yeah, of the day Yep. Same. As I saw that one, I was like, oh, it's got to be you. Love that. <laughs> that was fantastic. Oh, nice. man. Oh, man. Happy birthday, everyone. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Yeah. Birthday. yeah. And to all Auntie of our listeners who have been with us, it's your birthday, too. Yeah. Yeah. We have listeners who have been listening Day from ones. the beginning. Mm. The OG. Love you guys. Ladies Lounge fans. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Thanks for being our friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ladies, if you would also like to take on this challenge of writing the most obscure art book you can think of, that would be amazing. I would love that for you. And I know some ladies in the ladies lounge definitely have this skill set. And even if you don't think you have the skill set, it would be fun to try because mm-hmm. you can come up with some pretty interesting ways to tell stories in the Bible. So well, and it also allows you to really inhabit a story and yes. find the theological nuggets that maybe mm-hmm. you didn't before. I mean, just spending a couple of solid hours with, you know, one paragraph in Acts, the story of Eutychus, was really, really enlightening for me. And I just mm-hmm. feel like, I don't know, very close to that story now. It's a it's a good, mm-hmm. useful exercise. Mm-hmm. Yep. Same about the siege and exile of I can suggest I chose not to use Jeremiah and the soiled undergarment. Oh, so yeah. that's, oh, that one's that's still, still on the out there. Yeah. I was um, thinking Ehud, Ehud. So the story right before yeah. mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was I thinking mean, of doing that one. Straight up shanking peeps. Yeah, that would be yeah. that would be a good one. Fat um, kings and such. Yep. Aaron, you mentioned the floating axe head. That was actually mm-hmm. on my list of things to explore, but it's mm-hmm. such yeah. a short little story that I was yeah. like, I can't do 20 verses on this. So, well, no. and in the New Testament, I mean, the book of Acts is so full of stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Sons of Sceva was a, a oh. story that I looked at and passed over. Mm-hmm. The ones who yep. had to run away naked. Yep. Let's mm-hmm. see. Oh, we personally in our family love all the instances where Paul you know, is about to get jailed or executed or flogged or whatever. And is like, oh, wait, did you know I'm a Roman citizen? I feel like that would be a wonderful <laughs> art book. <laughs> He's a Roman citizen. Oh, no. What? 
Uh-huh. Yeah, so still plenty of options on the table, ladies, if you would like to take up this challenge on your own and write your own arch book and post it in the ladies' lounge. We would absolutely love to see those. <laughs> so join us in our Facebook group. If you're not already there, the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge on Facebook, or you can follow us on Instagram as well at Lutheran Ladies' Lounge. We have been ramping up content on our Instagram lately, so there is extra Woo-hoo! stuff there for you to see If you're not on social media or if you just want to get Lutheran Ladies Lounge in your inbox, you can sign up for our monthly e-newsletter. Find out how to do that in the show notes of this episode, or you can send an email to lutheranladies at kfuo.org and we'll get you signed up for that. Or if you write your arch book, you can email it to us that way too. Hint, hint. (laughs) Find all of our episodes from the last three years at kfuo.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge or on your favorite podcasting app or on the KFUO radio app. You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm mostly truthful. Definitely always, well, mostly nice, but I'm definitely not always truthful, not nice. Uh, that makes sense. And I'm Rachel. Rachel's twice. <laughs> where were you going with that three i don't know i actually i don't know i kind of blacked out after like two seconds brie uticus gerzewski what a name is it time for comedian (laughs) but you know he ain't lutheran because he's sitting in the front well no that's only after they made him go up to the front because they're like dude do not sit back on the windowsill you cannot be trusted lutherans Lutherans be warned okay (laughs) yeah don't sit all the way in the back you might Mm -hmm. fall out a window yeah (laughs) come on now Views and opinions expressed on the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO Radio, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The Lutheran Ladies' Lounge is produced by KFUO Radio and available at kfuo.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us, too. If you love the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast, consider financially supporting our producer, KFUO Radio, so we can keep doing what we do. Find out how at kfuo.org slash give.